0: Hello fellow weirdos and welcome back for another episode of the Strange Matters Podcast where we discuss anything just outside the norm. This is your host Eric for our latest episode, a short. I am going to be discussing a particularly interesting story tonight, the story of Annalise Mikkel. So before I get started on this episode, I need to be clear with our listeners. This is not only terrifying but also a somewhat disturbing story. If anyone has seen movies such as The Exorcism of Emily Rose, this movie is actually based on the events surrounding Annalise McHill. However, in my opinion, researching this story was far more terrifying than watching the movie. So if you are alone or easily scared, be forewarned, as this episode is not for the faint of heart. That being said, let's go ahead and get started. Annalise Mikkel was a girl growing up in Bavaria, Germany, born in September of 1952, raised in a family of devout Catholics. She had three sisters and lived a relatively normal life, had a boyfriend, and went to school like most girls her age. If you have seen her picture, she's actually a very normal looking, even pretty young lady. In 1968, she was 16 years old and experienced a seizure for which she was hospitalized and then subsequently diagnosed with temporal lobe epilepsy. Her condition began to deteriorate despite increasingly more powerful anti-epileptic medications, and she soon developed depression. After spending some time in a psychiatric institution, her depression, much like her epilepsy, continued to worsen despite pharmacologic intervention. However, despite all this, her condition continued to spiral out of control, as she began complaining of seeing visions while praying. These visions led to voices of the deceased speaking to her, first far away, then closer and closer as time progressed. As some of you may know, my profession when I'm not podcasting is that I'm a pharmacist in a hospital, and I have done several rotations as a student and resident in the psychiatric setting. I've seen some pretty creepy stuff and met a lot of strange, sick individuals. I've definitely formed opinions about people with mental illnesses, and many of them do truly suffer from things outside of their control. But never in all my experiences have I seen something remotely close to what I am about to describe. Annalise quickly lost faith in modern medicine and began to stop seeing psychiatrists, given that none of the treatments were actually helping her. Annalise, who had always been a deeply religious individual, was now becoming repulsed by common religious objects and pictures. As the story goes, her and her mother were on a pilgrimage with a friend, Thea Hind, when Annalise became unable to walk past a crucifix or drink from a holy spring. At one point, Annalise said, I am Annalise, and I will go for your head and tear it apart, and then struck Thea violently in the head. This was enough to convince Thea to take her to a priest in hopes of having an exorcism done. This sounded like a good idea to a family that had already been disappointed numerous times by the medical field, and pretty soon they became convinced that Annalise was, in fact, possessed by a demon or even the devil himself. But hold on, guys, because matters are about to get strange. When Annalise's family consulted several priests... They were told to go back to the medical community. In order for the bishop to allow an exorcism to occur, she had to meet strict criteria, including displaying aversion to religious objects, speaking in languages unknown to the individual, and displaying supernatural powers. Only then would the Catholic Church be convinced enough to allow an exorcism to occur. In the meantime, Annalise would throw herself to the ground and remain pinned there for hours at a time. She began attacking her family members and was unable to eat because the demons would not allow it. She could be heard screaming and destroying religious objects, and would only eat spiders, coal, flies, and drink her own urine. Despite numerous rejections, a pastor by the name of Ernst Alt. After many visits with the girl, began writing letters to the bishop, begging him for permission to conduct the exorcism. Unwillingly, the bishop sent Arnold Renz to assist Alt. Shortly after Renz's arrival, he quickly became convinced that Annalise was in fact possessed. However, she claimed that it was not a single inhabitant, but many, including Judas, Nero, Cain, Hitler, and Lucifer himself and various other damned souls. The exorcisms began using the full ritual romanum, a valid canon law since the 17th century. Annalise, in an attempt to gain control over those who possessed her, would severely mutilate herself by flogging herself of her own free will. This flogging is known as genuflection. At one point, it's said that Annalise became so weak that she was no longer able to continue performing these genuflections, and her mother actually assisted her in going through the motions. Needless to say, the exorcisms did not help the situation, and she began to engage in acts such as urinating and defecating on herself, and then licking it up. She would curse at anyone in the room, and even growled like a wild beast. She would speak in dead languages and possess knowledge of events and information that she could not possibly have come upon herself. One day, at the sight of some religious paraphernalia, she became so distraught that she spent the next two days under the table making animal noises. It goes without saying that during these periods, she was not eating and quickly became emaciated. Her teeth became chipped and broken from where she would gnaw on the stone floor where she slept. I can't imagine that anyone listening to this wouldn't be terrified at the thought of this happening to someone in their own family. However, her family became too terrified to be around her, so she was left only in the company of the exorcists, who had performed these rituals multiple times a week for hours on end. She endured over 60 exorcisms, and after 10 months, Annalise died of starvation and dehydration, weighing in at only 68 pounds. Her last words to her mother were, Mother, I'm afraid. Some believe that the Virgin Mary appeared to Annalise and asked her to remain possessed, to teach the world that demons were, in fact, real. After this, she provided a handwritten note to the exorcists that she did not approve of the exorcisms, forcing them to cease. Most accounts of the story agree that Annalise was immediately prior to dying, freed of her tormentors, and died in a state of peace. After her death, the two priests informed the authorities, were investigated, placed on trial, and along with the two parents were later convicted for manslaughter due to negligence. The sentence was only six months in prison with three months of probation. The trial involved numerous recordings, one of which is said to contain the voices of two demons arguing with each other, both voices coming from Annalise yet with distinctly different sounds. At the time of her death, her face was battered and bruised. She was emaciated, and her knees had broken from the numerous flogging she had given herself. She also developed severe stigmata on her feet and hands. The trial drew much media attention. And after things died down, the mother had her body exhumed since she had not had a proper burial. Many claimed that her remains had not decayed at a normal rate, while others claimed to have visions of her intact body. In fact, Anna Mikkel, the mother, claimed that every so often something will happen in their home, just as a reminder that whatever evil possessed her daughter still existed there. In 2013, after making these statements, a fire broke out at the Mikkel household, which many people believe may be related to this evil that still lingers in the home. Now let's discuss some possible explanations. First of all, I would like to point out that this isn't just some prank the girl was playing. She actually died. That part of the story is not in debate. The question is, what actually led to her death? It's obviously not normal for someone to starve themselves to death, but reports from The exorcists state that she would have periods when she would binge on food and actually consume nearly two liters of juice in a single sitting. One might suppose that these were brief periods of respite when Annalise would regain control of herself for a little while. Overall, there are two main opposing explanations. Some believe that this was nothing more than a severe psychiatric illness that was refractory to that day's modern treatments, while others remain convinced that this was actually a demonic possession. Many people are convinced that Annalise was in fact possessed by multiple demons, and that she intentionally endured this torment in an effort to share with the world the horrors of demons in hell. Demonic possessions are something that were not entirely uncommon in biblical times. There were numerous accounts of Annalise displaying supernatural powers and knowing the unknowable, along with numerous recordings and pictures to indicate that this was not your run-of-the-mill psychiatric illness. These recordings have her speaking in different languages and in different voices. Additionally, the medical examiner who was present for the final exorcism is quoted as having said, There is no injection for the devil, which might indicate that he, too, was convinced that this was no mere mental health issue. Unfortunately, the majority of these eyewitness accounts came from the parents and exorcists, who were themselves predisposed to the belief that these events were real. Now to discuss the other side of the argument, that Annalise suffered from a mixture of severe refractory mental illnesses, it is believed that Annalise experienced extreme guilt regarding her older sister, who died at the age of eight. This sister was an illegitimate birth that caused Anna, the mother, much guilt. Annalise felt the need to repent for her mother's sins, and when the older daughter died, it left a severe trauma on Annalise. She was also raised in a devout Catholic home and familiar with the concept of possession and of the alleged demons that possessed her. Many people believe that this sort of trauma occurring in childhood can be a predisposing factor for the development of mental illness. She also developed epilepsy at a young age, and some research shows a strong link between epilepsy and the development of schizophrenia, which is a mental illness where patients experience various different types of delusions and hallucinations. There are various different kinds of auditory hallucinations, including command hallucinations, where voices instruct an individual to commit an act. Also, there are commentary hallucinations, where the voices speak to the individual and describe to them things that are happening in the present. And finally, there are third-person auditory hallucinations, where multiple voices engage in conversations oftentimes about the individual with the mental illness. Also, while visual hallucinations are extremely rare, they can actually occur, and it can be extremely difficult to convince someone that what they are seeing is not real. Given her demonic appearance, in many pictures, many argue that this is exactly how someone would look after starving themselves for days at a time, and that this case was nothing more than a shameful torture of a mentally ill patient. Now, based on my background with psychiatric medicine, I certainly have never witnessed any schizophrenic, bipolar, traumatized, or depressed individual that would ever behave in this manner. That being said, I have come to the understanding that the mind is an extremely complex organ with a lot of potential for error, and one thing is for sure, that not all mental illnesses respond appropriately to medications. Nevertheless, the details surrounding what actually happened to Annalise will remain a mystery. Thanks for listening to this episode of Strange Matters Podcast. If you would like to reach us to send feedback, suggestions, or further discussion of this episode's topic, please reach us at podcast at gmail.com. Or reach us on our Facebook page or follow us on Twitter. If you are listening to us on iTunes, please rate us and leave us a review. It helps promote the podcast and helps us reach more listeners. Stay curious, everyone.